we are again with another game recap tonight. The Grizzlies, Hello Darkness, my old friend. Another loss in this NBA restart. This one to the New Orleans Pelicans, 109 to 99. Daniel, I've got you on here again. Level of depression, scale of one to 10. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so would that count as a 10? Or it's not even on the scale? Ten <laughs> <sighs> um, would... Ten... Let, let just register this. Ten would be definitely out of the playoffs. No chance. I'm done watching Grizzlies basketball. And i got to watch these garbage A Spurs teams and Blazers teams and whatever. Um, let's go seven. Because we're still in the lead. Right. But seven. Um, and it could turn to an eight. Um, if San Antonio beats the 76ers tonight. But uh, let's go with seven. Losing three straight coming out of the restart. We did not see this happening at all. And our predictions we have for the restart. I said the Nets were going to go 0-8. Are the Grizzlies going to go 0-8? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I hope not. <laughs> hey, so, so on that, um, and we'll keep you updated. I know this will obviously be will not be live to you, to y'all listening, but to us it's yes. live. We're going to enjoy <laughs> it together. Um, but Ja, literally, somebody tried to call him out, just as I did a long time ago. But to my defense, I did not tag him. I did not at him. I did not do the whole going at him. Somebody called him out. Marty Mush. I've never heard of Marty Mush. He is a Barstool's guy. Uh, Marty Mo Marty Mush said, if you watch that game, you can't tell me that Ja Morant is good. And he added Ja. Doesn't look for teammates late in the game and can't hit the big shots. Sad that people can't tell the truth. And Ja wrote back, God bless. And appreciate you for that. Extra motivation. <laughs> the shaking hands. And my timeline is kind of taking a, a turn for funny because, you know, people are adding me now that once they saw that, so... Um, yeah, I was about to say that guy. That guy's trying to take your corner. Yeah, he is. He has a nobody can take that corner. He has one hundred eighty-five thousand followers. Uh, just maybe a few thousand follower, more followers than me. Speaking of Jaw, his <laughs> numbers for tonight. You could see this game was perfect for an overreaction, right? For sure. After we had the Dylan Brooks game last night, now we had the Jaw Morant game tonight. 5 for 21 from the field, 1 for 10 from 3, <laughs> 11 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, a minus 12 in the game, 4 personal fouls. Can you really explain what happened besides the Pelicans? Uh, we talked about this yesterday, and it's going to be the theme throughout all these game recaps is every team knows the way you stop the Grizzlies is to turn Jaw into a shooter right. and you pack the pain on him. Right. And we saw the extreme of that tonight because not only did we have Jaw shooting 10 threes, the whole team took 43 God. in all. Shot 12 for 43. That's good for 27.9%. Can't even get a full 28% to make us feel like a well-rounded kind of thing. Right. The Pelicans, on the other hand, are known for shooting threes. That's kind of where they live or die, really. Yep. Right? Yep. And they shot 29 of them tonight. 
which is a shockingly low number. Now, they only made 11 of them, but it's still, that's still a 10 point, 10 percentage points better than what the Grizzlies shot. The biggest thing to me that I noticed was obviously the foul trouble. Yeah. Right? Right. The Pelicans, if if you're doing a couple things to the Grizzlies, which is keeping jaw of the paint, the Grizzlies settling for threes, and they're not getting to the free throw line, that is a recipe for disaster. Right? Right. The Pelicans went 24 for 39 from the free throw line, and the Grizzlies went 13 for 15. Those things you just can't happen. No. So it, it felt like we started slow again. The whole game or just um, the f- beginning? We did look slow the whole game. Yeah. But we knew what we were kind of getting into when we started that slow again. I mean, immediately within two minutes, we had Triple J and, D- and uh, Dylan Brooks with two fouls. In the first two minutes of the game. Right. Uh, that, that was Brandon, supposed to be a blessing, Dylan Brooks going out that quickly. And Brandon Clark came in and scored 10 first quarter points. Yeah. And the only saving grace for us and why after the first we were only down by four is because the Pelicans were about as awful as the Grizzlies on offense tonight. Right. Like the Pelicans were terrible on offense and still somehow beat the Grizzlies by 10. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's sad about it is that ten makes it seem closer than the game actually was. It was, yeah, it was never close. But what we did get some highlights: Grayson Allen again. Hell, I think I am responsible for this man's uh, <laughs> career emergence. Five for six from threes, seventeen points. I mean. Guy back to back again, dude. He he's came out five open. for five on three pointers. Wow, he's wide open again and just knocks him down. Yeah, that's all you need for the Grizzlies. If you can have anybody just sit there and knock down the wide open threes because they're going to get them the rest of this restart, right. everyone has watched to see what to do to the Grizzlies. Exactly, you know, to let them fire it up. Yep, and if Triple J is going to go two for eight. Kyle Anderson's going to go 0 for 4. If Dylan's going to go 2 for 7, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you have no shot. You have absolutely no chance of not even pulling off an upset for the remaining games. They don't even have a shot to be in the game. So what is the fix for you? What do you think the underlying issue is? Is it just bad games back-to-back? The, I think the kind of unsung thing that no one's talking about is they've played three games in four days. Right. I agree. I mean, that's, I would think tough. that they're absolutely gassed. Like, what, what is the underlying issue to you that you have seen that you could explain? Yeah, so that game looked weird. That game looked bad. It, it just it looked not the normal game that we normally come out playing. And even from our bench, I know we're very, very short into the bench. We're only going eight deep at this point. But what I blame all this on is there's two people I blame this on. The one, I don't blame this on ultimately, but I blame it on him because he is our best player, and that's Ja Morant. Ja should be the reason that we get the offense going. JV showed up, and he played. 
he battled deep, and he was a mismatch the entire game. JV was our best player, besides Grayson at times. JV was our best consistent player the whole night, and he is Mr. Consistency. That's what he does. Uh, but if it wasn't going into him, we weren't really scoring until late in the fourth quarter when uh, Jaron actually you know, showed up and had a little bit of juice behind him. But we go as Jaw goes, and when Jaw looks like he doesn't care, when he doesn't look like he's going downhill with the ball and he's just doing whatever you allow him to do, then that's that's the way we're going to go as a team because we're not a bunch of playmakers, and Ja is. And so, realistically, I blame not the loss on Ja because it wasn't his fault, but we go as he goes, and I ultimately, ultimately hold him accountable for that because he's proven time over time, even though he's a rookie, that he is responsible for us being how we are and who we are. Uh, but in the end... I think that's on Coach Jenkins. And I have mm. praised him through and through. And I have been the ultimate optimist on the entire Grizzlies, on Taylor Jenkins. And I blame him because you can't allow your team to shoot that many three-pointers, to play that style of basketball, and to not show a little bit of crazy on the sideline, I know he's a player's coach. I know he allows his guys to do themselves and do you know you do you, is what he likes to likes to kind of preach. But if I'm the coach, these games are so important that he has to understand that there has to be some accountability. I know he can't really sub people out, but maybe do something different. We suck. We have no energy. Let me try, John. Conchar. Hello. Can we try something different for once? Try somebody that might have a little spark. He's given a spark in the past. Like, come on, dude. Try something different, whether it's four minutes. See if it works. What's the worst that could happen? You run Anthony Tolliver out of there. You play Dylan Brooks the whole fourth quarter because he sucks. Come on, man. Jenkins, this is on you. Learn to control your guys. Show them the way. You've done this long enough. You are a young coach, but you know how to coach. So ultimately, this is on you, Jenkins. Yeah, I, I do think it's a bad look to, like, it's it's all good to be the player's coach and, hey, he gives us the freedom to make mistakes and all that kind of stuff. But there's also got to be a little bit of, you got to understand why you're making the mistakes and why you shouldn't be doing the things you're doing. Yeah, make because them better. <laughs> this is three games in a row right. where they have not had the poise under five minutes in the fourth quarter when it's close and the game has slipped out of their hands. Because right. just like before, we start in the third. That first six minutes for both teams is was not basketball. I don't even no. know what you'd call that, but it was horrible. Right. But it allowed the Grizz to come back in the game when they made that sub halfway through the quarter. So they got back into the game. Then the Pels made their subs with young guys, and they went a little run themselves with defense. And then we start the fourth, like you said, we decide maybe we should go to Valanciunas. So we start feeding him. 
Then Triple J comes alive. <laughs> right. We're in this game. It's either yeah. tied or we're down by two or we're up by one or two. And it's going back and forth for a few minutes. Then we get under that four-minute mark. Here comes Brandon, Engler, Brandon Ingram and Zion, and they go nuclear on us. Yep. yep. I don't remember them really missing a shot. Brandon no, Ingram yeah. Brandon Ingram just basically took over. I know everyone's going to talk about Zion for what he did in those minutes, that bowling ball he that bowling ball routine he does. Like he he literally just for three quarters he sucked. Oh. Yeah. And all he did was just try to muscle people out of the way and try to finish and it didn't work. Like it looked awful. And then at the end, after Valanciunas fouled out, it started working. So Really, what this came down to to me is Brandon Ingram for me because he's the shot creator on that team. And you really can't sustain in the league for a long time as a quality team if you don't have a player like that that you can just kind of give the ball to one-on-one and just either get me a quality shot or make the impossible shot for me to keep me afloat. And Brandon Ingram put that game away for the Pelicans tonight. And they they absolutely had to have it. The Grizzlies do not have that yet. No. I don't know if Jaw is really going to be that person either. I don't know if Triple J is going to be that person either. But they do not have the shot creator to match. Because usually when we see crazy games like this and getting in the playoffs, it's going like one-on-one back and forth, right? Like, it stops being a team game, and it's more about who your one-on-one shot creator guy is. And Brandon Ingram just absolutely sunk the Grizzlies at the end. So, that's three games in a row now where you fall apart in the last four minutes. All right. It's time to maybe do something different. Like you said, maybe we should watch some film together. Maybe we should figure some things out. Maybe we start developing some plays that we only run in the sub four minutes so that we can get some easy looks instead of just beating our heads against the wall with a high pick and roll and just seeing what happens. And hopefully D'Anthony Melton or Dylan Brooks makes a three for us and bails us out. So I, I agree. I'm with you that you could put this pretty heavily on coaching staff. Now it's hard to do that with, if you just, if you're just not making shots, that's not the coach's fault. Yeah. I'm okay with good shots and you miss them. That's fine. Here's the thing. Why I'm on Jaw's side with the threes. Now he's probably should not be taking 10 threes, but if they're going to play that far off of you, and I understand why you would, and he showed why tonight, going one for ten from three. But if I'm him, I would have kept shooting them too. Okay, you kind of okay, have to. Okay. No, 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 you do not. So Where is he going to go with the ball? Because so, if it's not him shooting it, it's going to be either a turnover because he does a dumb jump pass, which is my biggest pet peeve, oh, or he feeds so Dylan, who's right. going to take a terrible running floater. Yep. Uh, no, I agree. Okay. So, what, and this is going to blow your mind, what <laughs> if you either set yourself up for a lower pick and roll, such as under the three-point line, which is, I know, I know, crazy. All right. <laughs> what if you had that pick and roll and you asked for another pick and roll? And so... 
what you did was get your pick and roll. He lays off and you go back and follow him. Somebody has to eventually guard you, right? So you're driving toward the basket and all you have to do is JV turn around and box out, right? And you just keep boxing out and you keep boxing out until somebody has to go around JV because you're coming down with the basketball and you're getting closer and closer to the goal and you shoot a floater or you just dump it off real quick to JV or you do a double pick and roll where you create the pick and then you come back and do another one. There's much more to do than just doing what they want you to do. And that's my biggest thing is that's a teaching moment. And I listen, if this makes him a better player, I'm all for it. We're not winning a championship this year at all. That I, I, I completely understand that. I just hate stupidity and stupid basketball. It's a pet peeve. I hate stupidity in life. It just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, but with basketball is if you're going to do that and you're going to do the same thing over and over again, they're playing you that way and you haven't hit a few shots, that's okay. Use it against them to where they eventually have to respect something else. And then you go back to the normal and then they forget that you can't make that shot. And so they come up on you and then you blow past them. But his issue is, is he doesn't try to go to the goal immediately upon the pick and roll because JV sets a really good pick. And if they're going to go under, maybe you need to let him go ahead and start a little bit deeper, like behind them. So you pick the back of them. And so it makes them make that choice. Do I go left or right? And then you go opposite of them. And then it's just a race to the goal. So I think, yes, that does make sense. And I understand that you want to make those open shots, but after a few, and then knowing you're not a good shooter, I think you have to change. And there could be a back screen somewhere in the court and let somebody else run to the uh, run to the rim, such as Brandon Clark. So, yeah, there's so much that you could do. And there's a this is a teaching moment. I hope it's taught. I hope they have time tomorrow to relax, take an ice bath and watch some game film. But there is much more to do than taking 10 three pointers and you being a bad three point shooter. Moving without the ball and not standing around the perimeter. A novel yes. idea. Who would have thought? Well, uh, almost, honestly. Almost like it needs to be taught. Yeah, so, yeah, for real. But watch the first half again. Just a snippet. It doesn't matter how much you watch. It's all the same. Watch their cuts and how they cut, how they move. They are sprinting for cuts. Watch J.J. Reddick. He sprints upon a pick. He sprints when he moves. Our team, they pick, and then they kind of roll. And they kind of go there. If it's not open, they just keep moving. And then somebody else comes, and that's just the offense. There's no, like, just intensity to us. It's just a just a normal flow. And I don't know if they were at first. I thought they were just saving some energy. But there wasn't anything there. At the age of 20, there still wasn't anything there on a back-to-back. Um, so I get it. It's three games of four nights. But, man, you're 20. You have something to play for. Give it all. Figure it out the next game. Lose, Take the L the next game. Just don't lose this game. This game's a big one. I, I do think they were trying to give effort just because they were so foul-prone in the first quarter. Like, they were trying to be aggressive defensively, at least. Unfortunately, it just led to a lot of early foul trouble for people. I mean, we had two players foul out. <laughs> right. And a third, almost. So, I, I feel like they tried to come out with... Like, they realized from the past two games that defense was their issue, right? 
So they were right. they came out the gate trying much harder, and maybe that's what affected the Pelicans and threw them off rhythm for the whole game. The problem oh. was it did not turn into offense. Hold on, and, you thought they tried harder in that on in defense this? to start? No, I disagree. So you think those early foul troubles was just lazy defense, not because they were more intense and trying harder on on what? defense? Watch not the so, fouls. The, the offense gra- were not grabbing. In, so you don't think that's just intensity trying to get, you know, steals, trying to show that, hey, I'm in this, no, I'm trying I think harder? No, I think it's not moving your feet and grabbing because you're lazy and you're just trying You're just trying to hold on. Literally, mm. Watch Dylan Brooks' two fouls. Literally the laziest defense. He played much better defense, you know, and he usually does play effort defense. He, his defense is terrible. But he gives effort, which I listen. Mad respect, dude. He's one of the ones, one of the few that actually gives his all on the uh, on the court. Um, it's just he doesn't have a brain, which is half the problem. But, um, <laughs> but literally watching the, they were just lazy, and I think that's why they got a lot of fouls early on. And really, it wasn't that bad. What was happening is they realized that they could take our guys one on one off the dribble and that's what they were doing and we were having to react and that's why we were getting you know foul prone and like we were shooting we were doing the exact same defense to them letting them kind of shoot the three a little bit because lonzo literally airballs half the times and we they just took advantage of it and we couldn't they went ahead and came down and actually ran the ball into the paint even though we had more paint points they were the ones getting to the short corners and stuff so i i disagree i I could see it but i disagree Okay, I think that's fair. The issue go the here's what we need to fix going forward. What what do you think the Grizzlies need to do differently? It can't just be a try harder thing. No. It's well, a lineup well, issue, right? Yes is there and something no. is there something we can do in this lineup to let us start faster, to keep the speed up? Kyle Anderson is so god awful slow. You right. might as well just put him in a wheelchair. That's Hey, listen, that's okay. How he is is fine, right? Because he he defends usually, usually, sometimes Dylan Brooks, you, usually he defends the best taller player they have. So if it's a if it's a two guard, usually Dylan's on, but if it's three and up, three and four, you know, Kyle's on him. That means that that player's usually going to be in the offense more and he's usually creating shots. And so it's okay for him to you know, be on that player and not have to be racing up and down the floor because he's usually playing good defense. And JV is slow. But Ja, Dylan, and Jaron are definitely fast. Why we can't kick out faster? If you watch our starters, we don't play fast at all. We play very, very slow. And I think that's because they want to allow JV back. But what they don't understand is JV will take a time or two from running down the court off if you would just get down the court and try to create fast. Eventually, he'll get down there. If you can't get an open, quick shot, he'll get down there. But I blame that on Joff for not getting the ball and going. Or not or whoever, the offense. We should get the ball, kick out, and go. Because that's how we are. We need to play fast tempo. But a lot of times what happens is we play so slow, the bench comes in, Melton, Tyus, whoever, they get going, they get the offense going, Ja comes back in to close out the half, 
and we're playing much better because the offense is is now going at a faster pace, and he just kind of takes over where they left off. So if you ever watch that, we start slow and we get faster, and then eventually Jaw finishes up the half fast. So I think we need to push early on because we're not a good shooting team, and we're better when we're out front. And as you saw, we're taking the ball out of the basket. We're just walking it down. Sometimes we get rebounds, and we're just walking it down, and I don't understand that. So um, I don't know who you would put in the starting lineup because Melton has not looked good. Um, Grayson has looked good, but Grayson is Grayson. We all have to understand that. Okay, He's a good shooter. He's a good role player, even though he, Ryan disagrees. He has made these player. games competitive. Yes. In his he's a time. good role player. He shoots the three ball well. If it's can, not for him and Clark tonight, I don't think they score 15 points in the first quarter. <laughs> oh, no. You know, and JV, JV scored a little bit early. Jervais um, scored a little early. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what I, – I don't know. My thing is, is I don't think it's that. I think it's – you know, we need to understand who's on the court and let's let's make decisions. But we can always play fast. Just because you don't have five people that can run fast, uh, like if you don't have if you have JV in the game and you can't get down the court, that's okay. You take your chance and then if they stop you, then you create then you're having a big guy coming down the court at that point and he could be ready to, you know, post and score. So I just think they need to understand that they need to get down the court. And if we get, you know, take what they give us, and if they don't give us anything quick, then you stop, reset, and then start our half court offense, which JV will be there at that point. I, uh, since we are a young team, I, uh, I'm going to get weird because <laughs> obviously what is happening is not working. Right. And I just want to see something different. Why would we keep doing the same thing? We started super slow in three straight games. Teams have figured us out. Right. It is time to do something different. Even if it doesn't last long and it's a disaster, at least you tried it. At least you yeah. threw teams off. I'm going super small ball. Yeah. Because I think the demeanor of Jaw completely changes when he sees Brandon Clark at the checking into the game. So, I know this is your guy. Yep. But Top I five would, center in the league. I would start Brandon Clark over Valanchunas, yep. and I would start Melton over Kyle Anderson. Ooh. Why not? It's okay. not like Kyle Anderson's giving me anything anyways. At least I can get some speed with the Anthony Melton, who can be a secondary ball handler and shows when he's in the game and Jaw doesn't get it or Jaw's not in, he pushes with the same speed. So now we have two ball handlers that are able to get it. We don't have to wait on Jaw to come back and get the defensive or the pass from the defensive rebound. We can just find either one and go. Right. They did that a little tonight with Grayson when he was in there. He just got it and Jaw ran down and ran to his corner. So let's get a little weird here. Why yeah. we can afford to. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent. But the only problem is at this point. Why why are we doing that? Why are we do we do we want to change up just to see if something might spark us? Or, you know, because I'm not saying JV would JV would be, you know, fine and actually the way we play JV ends up giving us, you know, 25ish minutes. That actually falls in line with a bench player. 
So I understand that part, but you have to have him on our team. He is the most consistent player we have. More consistent than John Jaron for sure. So I'm okay if you do that, but you honestly need Valentinus's blessing. He played 30 minutes tonight. It's crazy. Um, but I don't know. Like 13 and 13, who rebounds the ball? That's, that's a that, good point. That's the that's the issue is you have the yang to his yin of Jaron. That's and, a good point. I mean, Clark did have eight rebounds. He had three offensive rebounds. But JV does anchor the defensive rebounds usually because no yeah. one's really helping him. He's really kind of there by himself. Yeah, and this next game is not the game to try putting JV out. You're playing the Jazz with Rudy. There's no way. This is not. I, the, this is not the next game. You don't do that the next game. <laughs> because I think you get weird. I think not you need next something. Game. I think not, you need weird. I think you need to be weird and just roll the dice to see if. You just are hot from out the gates, and if not, he, you can pull it within three minutes. But <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, you have to like look who we're playing. We play, we play against Rudy Gobert, Stephen Adams, Mark Gasol, like in a row, and then who else is next? And you have the Celtics. The Celtics game, maybe you go weird, right? I'm okay with that. Because it's a weird lineup. The Celtics are you know a little smaller. They're not that big. I get that, but this is that's not the you're just setting them up for failure to go against Rudy Gobert. Personally. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so because a team that had success against Utah, the smallest team in the league, the Rockets. Rockets just beat Milwaukee. Get out of here. With that. <laughs> get out. Are you saying the Grizzlies are not going to beat Milwaukee either in this last game here? No, they will just cuz they won't play Giannis. That's the <laughs> only chance. The the Grizzlies, I would bet my house the Grizzlies would lose if the game meant anything at all against Milwaukee. Yeah, that would that's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> the so, game would mean absolutely nothing to Milwaukee. That's the only chance we'd have. So for you, we are locked into the starting five, and we are going to start slow the rest of these games, right? I, I'm not saying that. I just I, I don't understand why we can't play faster. It's not because we haven't in the past. We played much faster. It's, it isn't when, you know, BC comes and gets JV early. That's not when we start playing fast. It's literally when Melton comes and takes the basketball from Ja, or, or sorry, Tyus and Melton come in the game and they take the basketball away from Ja. And then Ja figures out, okay, I can play fast. That's literally how it is. That's, and, that's why I think at least get Kyle Anderson out of there. I know you Kyle like him for Anderson, the defense, but – yeah. I the the problem I know that defense has been an issue, but the pro, the problem to me has not been a hundred percent defensively. It's all been predicated on their terrible offense. So right. that yeah. this is what I'm going. You might as well, right? No. Yeah, what do you have I, to lose? I don't lose? know what you can do. I don't know what you can do wrong at this point. Um, as long as you have the team behind you, I listen. Try whatever. You know, this team, you know, they, they, the, the coaching staff hopefully knows the team well enough. Um, there's nothing going to change this next game. I'm just, just so you're aware, there's no way Taylor Jenkins takes a chance uh, on this team um, right now and lets them and, and completely shuffles the cards. I, that's not going to happen. But 
if it did, you know, I, I'd be down with watching and seeing what happens. But um, I, I, I really just need them looking like they care. That's all. I, that's all I want. Just effort. And if we suck, we suck. But as the core four, they came out and they busted their butts. I feel like every game, most of the time. And that's why I think the city fell in love with them. And it's not because we don't like Ja. The city of Memphis doesn't like Ja or Jaren. We love these dudes. But sometimes they are young, and we forget that at times. I, I do as well. But they just don't look like they care. And that doesn't fly with Memphis. And so I, I don't I, – I'd be down with any change. I just want something to change from these past three games. Uh, because it's not fun being a fan right now. Yeah, I understand that the way it looks on the court. Um, I'm I'm with you about the the growing pains. I mean, this is all teams that you know end up being what they are have these moments, right? There's right. a transitional learning moment where they put it together and they build on something. So a lot of these teams fail first in a clutch and tough, high-pressure, like, scenario, I guess I should say. And then they build upon that. This, I think, it's not ideal, obviously. Nobody wants to see this. But I think they gave everything they had in that Trailblazer game. To lose that was a huge shot to the gut. And then to turn around and play poorly against the Spurs, who I think they kind of thought was going to lay over for them, and they were going to get whatever they wanted, another huge gut punch. So this is a very big moment for the Grizzlies for this game on Wednesday against the Jazz. I think they are going to respond. Now, (laughs) it's a lot of games... Very close proximity, but like you said, these are professional athletes and they're young. They should be okay. The Jazz, I would think, would be nursing some wounds after pounding against the Lakers all night tonight. But we'll see. Um, because that game is Wednesday at one thirty in the afternoon, an odd time which can either work in the Grizzlies' favor or it can work against them because you're just not used to playing at that time. Sometimes younger players play worse. Most of the time I feel like old veterans have problems with that time since it's so early compared to when they're used to playing. So I'm not saying that the Grizzlies are going to beat the Jazz. I certainly believe that they can. Uh, But I think we're going to get a better showing something similar to what we saw against the trailblazers. So I think this is a pivotal next five games and to see the future trajectory of this team, right? If they are going to turn in what Memphis, the city of Memphis and what we as fans want them to be, we're going to kind of find out in these next five games, right? If they just kind of phone it in, we hate this bubble situation, we were in the playoffs anyways. Y'all don't want us here regardless. And they no-show the rest of them. That sends me a little alarm bells. Right. If they come out against the Jazz in the final five games, and even if they lose them all, but they're fighting like they did in the Blazer game, where it was yeah. like two tech, two, like five technicals, guys jawing with each other, sticking up for each other. 
um, then I think we could be we should be excited about that going into next season. Because like you said, not a championship team this year, not even supposed to be here. I still feel like we're in the driver's seat for eighth. The the uh, 76ers did us a favor. That game went final. They beat the Spurs. So we're still two games up on both the Blazers and the Spurs right now. So that gives us a little bit of cushion. But yep. we really need to pull a couple games out here. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah, we somewhere. Can, we got, at least win two, please. <laughs> yeah. So like we said, the saving grace might be at the end when the East teams are sitting all their players. But did you have a final thought before we went for tonight? Yeah, no, you summarized that very well. Um, I'm okay with losing completely. Um, I respect and hats off to somebody who beat you. Um, but my thing is, is the way you, the effort you put, the way you look, that that's what gets me. And that's what the most frustrating thing about tonight was, is we just didn't look like we cared. And um, that, in the end, is my biggest bugaboo. But Ooh, fancy. There's, there's always <laughs> another little, little French in here. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's always another day, and I'm down with you know, the next day as long as we respond. I hope that they have the chip on their shoulder because tonight looked like they were just, you know, one of the NBA darlings. They looked like they were given all the attention. And realistically, we're the team that doesn't get the attention. But um, I think they'll show up. We're playing against a good Jazz team. And I know that the Jazz kind of need that game. Um, if they lose uh, they lose to the Lakers, uh, you're going to have them drop down even with OKC. So they're fighting at that point. Uh, but it actually could benefit them to play Denver instead of Houston because I probably would rather play Denver instead of Houston, honestly, if it was me. Well, Houston so, has the Jazz number, so they've knocked them out in the past, like, three playoffs. Yeah, so I don't think they're too worried about it if they fall down, um, realistically, because that puts them out of the side with uh, the Lakers. And it puts them on the, the Denver, you know, the Clippers side. But, um, but just looking at this, uh, the next few games um, – People have to understand, the Knicks, the teams, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're all gone. Okay, Nobody has a realistically an easy game. Brooklyn is Brooklyn and Washington, the two worst teams. They're in the East. I don't think anybody really plays them that, that is fighting for a spot. Um, tomorrow, Mavericks play the Kings. That's important. So if you're hearing this you know tonight, whatever, Suns and Clippers, the Clippers should win that. The Mavericks should beat the Kings. That should be two losses there. Uh, the Rockets and the Trailblazers. Um, we really need the Rockets to win that game, and that kind of keeps us where we are. Uh, the Pelicans, what do you know, get a good schedule. They had two more days off in between there. Um, but then thought? we play the Jazz. Yeah, who'd have thought? Then we play the Jazz, which is cool. So you'll obviously catch us after that one, but the Nuggets play the Spurs. So that should be a loss because the Nuggets should beat the Spurs realistically just looking at it so um looking at all these games these teams are 500 for a reason in the season none of them had played really well there's no team just killing it the spurs won games when they shouldn't have but are they about to lose back to back they just lost to a, re a really good team tonight in 76ers who haven't played well either but then the nuggets who won today um they played them wednesday so 
we'll see uh but that's all i really have is that these games are still tough we have a two game lead um thank god but hopefully these guys rally rally around themselves um that maybe they get that chip on their shoulders uh and maybe uh taylor jenkins kind of gets these guys motivated and starts tinkering with the lineup and maybe we don't allow these players to play so long of minutes so you don't need to run 10 12 minute you know times maybe just run an eight minute get out two minutes and back in so i think he needs to get quicker subs in and out that way maybe he can keep guys more fresh so but that's all i got yeah my final thought i guess the summation of everything is after this experience with the grizzlies they know who's with them and who's against them right and they'll know who the guys on their team their teammates are ride or die and i think that's very pivotal to find out for a very young team that's trying to grow when you know who's ride or die those guys stick around and they grow together the guys get traded usually pretty quickly if they're not so i think we're going to kind of find out after all of this being in the pressure cooker of the eight game restart and hopefully the playoffs still who's going to be ride or die for next year so look forward to the jazz game again danny we will be back after that one so thanks for tuning in again for this game recap probably should be a little depressed might cry myself to sleep oh well (laughs) oh and three on to the next right on to the next on to the jazz (laughs) (laughs) thanks for being on again daddy i'll talk to you soon yep